0: Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Market View. I'm Hong Bin Jung. Okay. First, before I get Jeff Howie to talk about markets, uh, let's take a quick look at how the STI is faring this top of the hour. The STI is currently up in the green. It's up 0.36% at 3,194 points. Advancers and decliners are on the same 223 to 223 after 485 million securities worth 443 million Singapore dollars change hands so far, and without further ado, Jeff Howie, market strategist from SGX. Jeff, thank you for joining me in the studio today.
1: Yeah, pleasure. Good to be here, Hongbin.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Okay, how have our week been, Jeff? Good. Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, pretty good. Uh, Good. Like as you said, SDR is (laughs) at thirty-one ninety-four.
0: Yep. Uh, it did open in the green? I'm in fact today. So, how did the SDR fare this past week? I mean, I'm pretty sure there were some days where shares did open in the red.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, right? And like, like you said in the intro, you have a similar amount of advances and decliners, mm-hmm. And we see this as a common theme that our stock market is just so diversified mm-hmm. that half your stocks might be seeing net fund outflows, half mm-hmm. the stocks are seeing inflows. Of course, the overall size of the mm-hmm. outflows and inflows is really determined by the size of the stock. So right. the banks obviously have a really big impact on that. But on a day to day basis, mm-hmm. you do generally have a de- decent balance in mm-hmm. terms of advances and decliners. So there's always something going on.
0: Right.
1: Um, I'm saying that because when you look at the SDI for the f- five sessions yeah. or so since we spoke last week, it's been pretty flat mm-hmm. in that the SDI closed at 3209 last mm-hmm. week. So what at thirty one ninety four? That's that's what uh, a good fifteen points lower mm-hmm. only. Yeah. But we did actually trade a fifty point. That's a mm-hmm. five zero point mm-hmm. range between thirty two twenty and thirty one seventy in the course of the week. Um, in terms of the big global cross markets, mm-hmm. you didn't have too much happening. Uh, mm-hmm. you, we can talk a little bit about the debt ceiling, but before that, just uh, to give you the prognosis in, in mm-hmm. terms of the optimism that we saw during the week, it really kind of occurred midweek. So we saw uh, US Treasury yields tick up a little bit from mm-hmm. below 3.5% to 3.65% now. Yeah. And the US dollar trade weighted index mm-hmm. is back above 103. So mm. that, that they were firmer on that front. Uh, China was more mixed. Uh, mm-hmm. Most traded ETF is, of course, our Hang Seng Tech ETF, uh, which is issued by Lion Global uh, and OCBC, and mm-hmm. that that uh, ETF hasn't really moved too much. It's up from six, uh, 63.7 cents last week, mm-hmm. now at 64.2 cents. But Japan's been the big mover for the week. Japan's been uh, seeing a lot of momentum since that BOJ yeah. monetary policy meeting, uh, and it, uh, it surpassed its September 2021 high mm-hmm. this morning. Um And uh, still some, what, 8,000 points away from that... December 89, November 95.
0: I mean, Japanese stocks, I mean, the Nikkei, it's trading at the highest in nearly 33 years today. Um, And it looks like Topix was also a major headline this week. Um, And experts or strategists, Morgan Stanley, in fact, they are forecasting that Topix could eventually climb an additional 8%. So do you see, you know, Japanese shares outperforming China? Because I feel like China is now... Yeah, I mean... both,
1: both countries are grappling with very big long-term strategic mm-hmm. uh, rebalancing issues. Uh, we know Japan's had deflation for so long. Yeah. And this morning, their April CPI number mm-hmm. came in, as expected, 3.4%. Mm-hmm. Now, that's up a little bit from March, which is 3.1%, yeah. but down from above 4% in January. The normalisation mm-hmm. that we're seeing... Uh, in Japan is causing this, uh, I guess, a little bit of excitement in the market. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, we're not expecting in Japan to see a significant change in the accommodative monetary policy stance of the new leadership team. Mm -hmm. Uh, They flagged that they would conduct a review of the long-term accommodative policy that they've had for Mm -hmm. some time. Now, that review it's not going to be a week. It's not going to be a month. It's going to be between 12 months and 18 oh, okay. months. So that gives uh, some breathing room yeah. for uh, the likes of the the banks and the brokers to revise their forecast mm-hmm. and so forth uh, and, and ride some of this mm-hmm. this momentum. And of course, it does follow a uh, very well-received earnings season mm-hmm. for Japan. But at the moment, still uh, that still risk is there that they at the moment do have CPI outpacing GDP growth. Yes. China as well has that Mm -hmm. uh, long-term consumer-driven domestic demand emphasis that has to come into its growth rather Mm -hmm. than the investment-led SRE type of investment trade-led growth that they've had in the past. So that rebalancing act is also something that they're working with. uh, And it does obviously impact the region somewhat.
0: I see. I see. But I mean, China, several economic data out for China as well this week, earlier, I think on Tuesday, with their industrial retail sales, I believe, and fixed income. Fixed fixed investment. Yes, there you go. But it looks like faster than expected or what market watchers were expecting China to grow So that kind of is that optimism is kind of going down a bit. That's exactly
1: right. We started January optimistic, then uh, I think. Feb March we became cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. and now we're cautiously cautiously optimistic <laughs> cautiously cautious optimistic, <laughs> uh, and 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 that, and and we saw that in those numbers that so the industrial production and the retail mm-hmm. sales were the main takeaways they were of course higher because of the low base mm-hmm. last year but uh, they came in slower than expected uh, particularly for the industrial production we did as you said uh, we have been seeing this cautious optimistic yeah. In the market, so the equity market didn't really move too mm-hmm. much, it was pretty flat. But where we did see a change, uh, somewhat of a sea change, was in the uh, renminbi exchange rate. So the, the dollar one actually mm-hmm. moved back above 7.0 mm-hmm. threshold this week. That uh, did have an impact on one of our stocks, so one of our mm-hmm. best performing uh, stocks for the first four sessions mm-hmm. of the week. Was Yang Zijiang shipbuilding okay. because it sells? It's it's actually based in Jiangsu, mm-hmm. but it actually sells and generates half. You know, it's at least half its revenue mm-hmm. in US dollars.
0: I see, I see. And okay. now I want to go back to the STI. Who were the biggest movers on the STI this week, John? Yeah.
1: So aside from Yangtze Zijiang shipbuilding, you also had Marco Polo Marine. Mm-hmm. So. I guess take, look, taking a look outside the STI and just across the most active movers. Yeah, uh, Marco Polo Marine, Young's Young Shipbuilding, mm. as we said, Top Glove, TalkMed, mm. and Delphi led active gainers. And then you had the place holdings, Gunting Singapore, Geo Energy Resources, Singapore Post and AEM holdings, leading the active decliners for the week.
0: I see. I see. And taking a look at earnings season, I want to talk about this, Jeff. It looks like Singapore Airlines soared a little higher than markets were expecting. (laughs) Did this come as a surprise for you?
1: Mm. Yeah, it did surprise the market a little Mm -hmm. uh, uh, in terms of, you can always look at that share price and do your prognosis based on how the share prices move post-earnings and also the trading activity as Mm -hmm. well. So last week, Singapore Airlines closed at $5.90 and then they reported... If I'm not wrong, Tuesday night, mm-hmm. um, and then at the moment today they're trading at six dollars and twenty one cents. Yeah, it's
0: up one point nine seven percent at the moment. Yeah, which yeah. is which
1: is thirty cents in the course of five days. Yep. Uh, and the tr- stock also the after it reported that on Wednesday they mm-hmm. saw three times their usual trading turnover, twice their usual trading turnover mm. on Thursday, and already today twice its usual trading turnover mm-hmm. in the Friday morning uh, session. So, um, it's it's net profit reached uh, what was it two point two Singapore billion dollars, which right. was a three point one billion dollar mm-hmm. swing from the nine hundred and sixty million dollar loss for the previous mm-hmm. FY The passenger load factor was around eighty five percent for the FY which is up from thirty percent in the preceding FY but mm-hmm. some of the market observers and investors would say it wasn't surprising because global tourism as we know in yeah. Singapore when we had our full reopen in April mm-hmm. last year you did have a bounce back in global tourism, international tourist arrivals um, more than doubled Mm -hmm. last year compared to the preceding two years. And in January, uh, the Tourism Bureau also announced international visitor arrivals would hit 12 to 14 million this year. Mm. Um, full tourism recovery would be expected by next year. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it helps tourism receipts and it helps, obviously, those, those countries that are uh, well aligned with transportation and passenger services.
0: So if the full recovery is expected later this mm. year, looking ahead, can we expect this optimism to continue for SIA given that the borders are now you know, more or less all opened?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because at a high level, Mm -hmm. uh, IMF on Wednesday came out with uh, a preview of their country consult for Singapore Mm. and they noted that Singapore GDP should grow at 1% this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they did note that as uh, a caveat, that your reopening momentum mm-hmm. would be subsiding somewhat right. uh, due to you know the impact of decelerating growth mm-hmm. across the region, and thus that's interesting because saying that we've got this reopening momentum, it feels a little bit familiar, a little bit old now. And mm-hmm. I think what's been really important is that many of these consumer cyclical mm. type of sectors we've seen the reopening momentum sustain into operating yeah. momentum, and Singapore Airlines is expected to benefit. If we do see continued recovery, Mm -hmm. obviously, in international travel momentum, Um, but the airline did note near-term cargo demand is expected to remain soft um, as the industry navigates headwinds from, as we said, this decelerating growth, which is Mm. impacting the macroeconomic environment. So Mm -hmm. inflationary pressures, geopolitical tensions, high fuel costs, of course, remain potential downside Uh, risks.
0: I see, I see. But it is good news for Singapore Airlines and their employees. I mean, they can expect a big bonus this year. But other than Singapore Airlines, is there any other company earnings that took you by surprise this week?
1: Yeah, I think the the, the majority of the ones related to the SDI came out uh, prior to the Monday Mm -hmm. open. But we did see, I I would mention SD Engineering. It reported its revenue was up 13% year on year. Mm -hmm. Top line growth came as revenue in almost all segments did book improvement mm-hmm. um, and and they saw contributions as well from that newly acquired transcorp mm-hmm. And I think uh, importantly, they mentioned that close to five billion Sing dollars worth of new contracts were Mm -hmm. secured in the first quarter, Mm. uh, and the order books now around twenty-five billion Sing dollars as of the end of March.
0: I see, I see. Well, in some economic news as well, trade data was out for Singapore this week as well. Trade volume that shrank again in April with non non non-oil domestic export for April down nine point eight percent year on year, and that was a steeper decline versus the the 8.3% drop seen in March what do you make of these numbers Jeff
1: Yeah it's showing us that China really is changing its growth engines mm-hmm. And as we said, this was going to be expected. This this more focus on consumer driven mm-hmm. growth in in in, in China uh, rather than the investment, commodity stockpiling, SOE focused mm-hmm. growth that we've seen in the past. So we have seen seven straight months of a decline for Singapore's mm-hmm. notex, mostly obviously attributed to the external demand conditions. interesting that weight on both electronic and non electronic exports, but notex to China was down twenty percent year on year. Mm-hmm. Not just to China, Taiwan. It was down 28% and Malaysia was down 35%. So Asia, which is mm-hmm. supposedly going to contribute seven point seven percent or was it 7 tenths of a percent right. of, of the world's global growth this year. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that we are seeing this, this, this weakness across the region. I think much does anchor on tech mm-hmm. and China. Uh, in particular, if you look at our comparable NodX in South Korea and Taiwan, mm. all three have been in contractions since October last year. And here we're seeing, you know, as we said, the, the big Petro chem- primary chemicals, petrochemicals in decline, food prep as well. And, mm. and of course, electronics, PCs, disk media and integrated circuits are down. But nonetheless, this is also one interesting segment. Mm. You know, it is it is actually hard to work out when this downtrend will actually find an inflection point.
0: Okay. Okay. So do you see this downward trend continuing?
1: Yeah. We have to look at other indicators, yeah. like I guess the PMI numbers and, mm-hmm. and the sentiment surveys yeah. that, that that is conducted by manufacturers. I think globally, we have to see some growth and then uh, that might inspire uh, manufacturers to have a more optimistic outlook. Mm. But at the moment, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting one because this, the, this this sector in the stock market is just so determinedly forward looking. And it's interesting that manufacturing stocks across Singapore, we've Mm. got 100 of them or more than 100 of them that Mm. have manufacturing relevant activities and they span all six verticals of Singapore's industrial production and Mm. they're all, the majority of them are obviously, uh, producing or generating international Mm -hmm. revenue. And the flows that we've seen into the manufacturing sector, as we've seen into the manufacturing Mm -hmm. sector, haven't been big, but they've been inflows versus a lot of other cyclical sectors like finance and telecommunications this year, including technology now Mm -hmm. that are in the seeing more outflows
0: i see i see well jeff now we have to talk about the biggest headline this week u.s debt ceiling talks i mean that's moved markets in asia as well kevin mccarthy overnight he said that they are close to reaching a deal this weekend what are you expecting
1: yeah i think Markets are expecting that deal will be reached. Mm -hmm. Um, It might not be this weekend. Okay. Uh, I think 1st of June is the key date that Treasury Secretary Yellen has Mm -hmm. said, you need to get this sorted. Otherwise, we will start some form of defaulting process in the forthcoming two weeks after the 1st of June. Mm -hmm. So this posturing is expected. Both parties have to maintain their lines because it is a very important part of the year. It's very soon uh, after this is hopefully settled. You have all the fundraising activities right. that usually um, predate the elections. And we've got the mm-hmm. next uh, upcoming US general elections, November 2024. Mm-hmm. So this was always going to go down to the wire, wow. Hongbin. What I guess markets didn't expect was that optimistic uh, optimistic note that we saw midweek mm-hmm. when uh, the Reuters article, I think, worded it the best, and they said, um, what was it, that, that underscored their determination to reach a deal soon. Mm-hmm. And this saw a midweek boost to the S&P 500. Mm-hmm. So, so it returned back above the 4,150 level. And that gave the firm a bid tone to mm-hmm. most Asian markets, including Singapore, for the latter half of the week. Right. In terms of the risks, mm-hmm. the market still doesn't expect there to be an impasse into late June. Okay. Because if you look at the credit default swap rates, which you always your barometer mm-hmm. This. Um, They have been holding a line at around Mm. 160 to 180 basis points uh, for the past few weeks. They haven't got much higher than that on a one year credit Mm -hmm. default swap basis.
0: Okay, my question is though you know, they've said that they are so close to reaching a deal last weekend, and then they said, oh, we'll reach it deal this week and then they've already postponed it again to this weekend so let's say they don't make they don't reach a deal and the U.S. does eventually fall into a default like Secretary uh Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has warned by June first. What I mean that will be a huge impact to the US economy but also the global economy. How severe will it be for Asia?
1: It would be it would be so detrimental to Mm -hmm. the economy that it's just unforeseeable that the Mm -hmm. US would allow it to happen. Yeah. Because for a start, these are political leaders Mm -hmm. that depend on their constituents to have well being, especially low to middle income. Uh, voters and so forth, that generally when these things happen, it mm-hmm. always uh, disproportionately impacts that segment of mm-hmm. the economy. So this is why markets can't see it happening, yeah. Hongbin. But if it did happen, yeah, there would be quite a lot more volatil- volatility. Mm. If it's, let's say, somewhere between the two, it, mm. it, it doesn't, it kind of gets stretches into mm-hmm. June and so forth. It will see increased volatility. Mm-hmm. Uh, the week before, it was the opposite tactic. Mm-hmm. It, it was actually um, rather than underscoring confidence, mm-hmm. it was underscoring a lack of confidence. And we saw in the... In one night,
0: mm. that
1: was, uh, I think it was the Wednesday night or the Tuesday night, you had the S&P 500 so volatile mm-hmm. that the weak high and low was formed within five hours of each other mm. and at the same time gold sword. I so the, volatile, mm. the volatility is there. This risk, uh, it is real risk. Mm-hmm. And that's why we say financial stability, like geopolitical mm. issues, are key risks for markets. And this would impact financial stability.
0: I see. I see. Well, other than the decision on US debt ceilings, what else should investors look out for next week, Jeff?
1: Yeah, I think interest rates as well. Mm. Can't forget those. And yep. <laughs> interesting tonight, 11 o'clock Singapore time, and it, and it might be actually... Uh, telecast somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got uh, the FOMC chair, Jerome Powell, and the former chair, Ben Bernanke, uh, in in a panel discussion on, uh, which is part of this monetary policy Mm -hmm. research conference by the Fed in Washington. Uh, You've got Singtel releasing its earnings next week. We mm-hmm. think you've got G7 summit beginning today for the next three days. Yep. And importantly, US PCE call deflator will be released next Friday. This is a really important inflation gauge. Mm-hmm. It's been between 4.3% and 5.3% for the past 18 months. We're expecting it to come in at around 4.5% as we've seen in recent months.
0: I see. I see. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for joining me in the studio today.
1: Thanks very much.
0: Thank you. We've been speaking with Jeff Howie, market strategist at the SGX. Stay